This episode of LIW The Walking Dead Reviews brought to you by the cartoon character Eeyore, reminding children everywhere that sometimes life sucks and being depressed is the answer. LIW The Walking Dead and Fear The Walking Dead Review. Citizens, welcome to another episode of LIW The Walking Dead Review. I am your host, Phoenix West. Guys, guys, this episode is 607 Heads Up. And guess what? Here's a heads up. Glenn's alive. It's true. I was right. Not that I was the only one that had that theory, but we're we're right. Those of us that had that theory were correct. It's really cool. And I was kind of... Curious how they're going to do it. Because I did think that they were eating Nicholas's guts, like I stated a long time ago on an episode, right after it happened. But I was curious how they're going to get Glenn out of there, because he can't just stand up and run. But the way they did it was, they eat Nicholas's guts, he freaks out, and he just slides him off him by dragging himself underneath a big dumpster. He's so small. If I would have been that... Like, underneath Nicholas, I would have been like, and now I die because I'm not thin enough to get under this fucking dumpster because human beings should not be. But I feel like tiny Asian men could. Anyway, he slides under the dumpster. He's kind of brutal. He just, you know, he starts slashing at them, the zombies. And you don't really see how long he's under there for. It seems like days. Or maybe it's just one day. I don't know. Either way, brutal. He's there for so long. But it's kind of, I like the way they did it, because he's underneath the dumpster, like I said, and then they have a can fall, like just a a loose can falls in an alleyway, and the zombie turns around and is like, and then the next one goes, why'd he go, and he turns around and walks away towards the can, and then they all turn around. They they mentioned this in the comic, like, I think Abraham mentioned it, where the zombies will hear a gunshot, They'll turn around, and then they'll brush up against another zombie, and then that zombie will follow them. And that just keeps happening and happening. And eventually they're chasing a sound they don't remember for no reason, other than that they feel like they sh- they're compelled to go there. It's why they hurt up. Anyway, uh, yeah, that, that happens here. And then eventually Glenn wakes up, and then the, all the zombies are gone, so he climbs out of there. They, The episode title gets revealed because... He sees someone up up top on top of the building, goes, heads up, and throw a bottle of water. And he's like, you need? And I was like, yeah. She's like, I said heads up. I was like, oh, we got the title out of the way early. That's good. But yeah, Glenn goes into the store where Enid is. He tries to follow her. She won't, like, acknowledge him or face him or anything. And he has, like, he looks up and he, he gets some more water from her. And he gets some food, I think. And then he looks up at the camera and I'm like, oh. It must have been a few days. Because he, like I said, he looks at the camera and I'm like, oh, he, just, he has a tiny little Asian beard and mustache. Like, they can't grow great facial hair. It's true. It's not a stereotype. That's just genetically true. They don't, they, that's why they have those long, wispy, you know, like the, the, the long Fu Manchu thing. They don't grow the greatest full beards. It's adorable. He has a tiny little mustache and like a little bit of facial hair. And I'm like, oh, it must have been a while. And I'm looking at the the character, the actor, and I'm like, um, I love Stephen Yoon. 
or Yun, however you say his name. Uh, I don't know him from anything else but this, really. I think I saw him in one other thing, but I don't, I don't care. I, I, I heard interviews with him. He seems like a really sweet guy, a really nice guy. I've seen the panels at Comic-Cons and stuff. He seems like he really loves it, and and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm glad he's alive. And it's so odd, because in the comic, he was useless, pretty much. He became useless after he met Maggie. He just stopped going out, stopped doing anything. They stopped writing him, pretty much. Anyway, in the in the show, though, he's really, really vital to the show. And I think they realize that, and they're like, oh, we can't... Like, we can't actually kill him, so let's give people a scare that he's really dead. So, and I'm... But I'm just watching him, I'm like, I'm really glad he's alive. I'm glad that they didn't get rid of him. He's He's fun for the show. He's... An interesting character. I like him. He's so he's like a he's really loyal and he just I don't know, he he's the only person in the show that has like love. Him and Maggie's relationship is really the only relationship in the show because Carl and Rick are supposed to be like the backbone relationship, but then they're rarely ever on screen together. <laughs> like maybe once or twice a season, pretty much, after this first couple seasons, that's it. Because uh, I think it's because Carl's the actor is officially six foot four, and he's taller than his dad, even though he's supposed to be eleven. I don't know. It's just it's just very odd that their relationship is more valuable to me than the father son relationship, which is like I said, the backbone of the fucking show. Anyway, they cut back to Alexandria. Rick walks the fence for weak spots, and he's looking around, and you see Morgan continuing his little Donatello routine while. Also maintaining his useful uselessness. He's just so fucking useless. I, I really don't care for his character anymore. Don't care at all. They can kill him. I don't care. Rick feels the blood to, you know, from the last episode that came through the fence. That's how it ended. He puts, you know, it's just sleeping through the fence because the zombies are pushing so, so hard against the fence that their blood is literally oozing into it. So he's like, oh, and he's, he kind of realizes he's thinking, you know, about supporting the fence more, creating like a barrier. Um, Basically stabilizing it more so it, the zombies can't just push it over. They do it in the comic. I like it. Anyway, Maggie's still on the lookout for Glenn. She's up on top just waiting for the flare. Um, they showed earlier when Glenn gets out that the flare was trampled on, obviously. I like that. That was kind of cool because it would have happened. If he, if he got out and the flare was just sitting there, I was going to be like, no. those zomb- There's hundreds of zombies right there. There's no way that flare survived. Anyway, anyway. and I realize... When when Maggie's there and Rick comes up and talks to her and they start talking about all the people who are outside of the wall and I realize we're on episode seven of the season and Glenn, Abraham, Sasha, and Daryl are still not back. It is seven episodes in. They're not back yet. That's astounding. That is that is eight episodes worth of looking for Sophia for me. And I'm like, just, just get back. Just I I, get, I like what they're doing this season. Don't get me wrong, but at the same point, I'm like. Eventually, they got to be like, okay, let's get these characters back. Let's do something. Um, it just felt like we were waiting for, for a while. Anyway, Glenn goes back, and he finds David Zombie, who was stuck against the fence. His eyeball was stuck to it. It was really fucking gross. He gets inside. He finds that note for Betsy that he wrote. And at this point, I was like, who, who is Betsy? And I went and I looked, and I was like, oh, it's the woman that Jesse stabbed through the door in the head. So that note to Betsy doesn't matter because Betsy's already dead twice. It doesn't matter. But I'm like, uh, remember the note when he died? It was, it was the same moment Glenn, right before Glenn died, or supposedly died. They 
he went to go give her Michonne the note, and he's she's like, no, you don't, I won't need to, and then he dies, and the note falls, and you're like, you dumb bitch, should have taken the note. Didn't matter anyway, because none of them are going to live to see or get to Betsy before she dies. But Glenn has it. I don't know. I don't know what's going to be served for. It's kind of an interesting moment. He doesn't know Betsy's dead, obviously, so whatever. There's a weird moment where Gabriel, the the priest, is putting a prayer circle signs. Like, hey, we're going to have a prayer circle at 1 o'clock at this place. And he looks like he has children's handwriting. I don't know if he's legally retarded or what's going on there. I don't. It's very odd. Uh, anyway, he's putting up signs everywhere, and then Rick walks by with his fucking posse and takes him down like a fucking high school bully dick. And I was like, his dad go, even goes, Dad, what the fuck? Like, I was like, why? Why would he just tears him down? And he doesn't, I, don't, I think he's thinking we pray for them because they're dead. But like, no, we pray for them to keep us strong because we're more, like, we're trying to deal with something. He doesn't get to make that decision. You know what I'm saying? And he he had no right to do that. And and Gabriel goes back and puts the signs back up. And I'm like, if you're not religious, that's fine. If you think... And I, and I agree that they shouldn't be grieving them already, but they should... You can pray. You People pray for people who are alive. They don't just pray for the dead. That doesn't make any sense. Real dick. Real dick move, Rick. Dick Rick. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. Morgan goes and talks to Denise, to Denise. It's a very, very super awkward conversation. She says she's making oatmeal, but she has what what appears to be. Remember Miss Libby from uh, what's the fucking movie? The uh, Billy Madison, where she's making the super glue and she puts it on her face and she eats it and stuff. It looks like that. It looks like just white, like Elmer's glue. And I'm like, what the fuck? I've never made oatmeal and had it turn out come white. I've never had that in my life. It's usually, it's oats. It's oats in water. And maybe milk. But if you have milk, you should eat, drink that as milk. Or maybe give it to Judith and not drink it with your fucking oatmeal, you selfish bitch. Anyway. Anyway, they don't explain why he went there yet. Um, Rick Michonne and Carol question Morgan. That that whole scene's interrupted by Rick taking Morgan aside. And they, they all question him about not killing people. And he's just like... You know, I don't want to kill anybody, and that's just what I'm going to do. And they're like, did you let any of those, the wolves go? And he's like, yeah, I let them go. And so they really have a question. It's trusting him, and he's like, do I not belong here? And he's like, I took a gamble on you. I didn't kill you for a reason. That's different than you not killing to protect everybody. It's different. And he's like, I don't see it as different. And it's just a lot of, like, semantics, pretty much. It's nonsense. And, like, Carol goes, do you really think you can survive anymore not killing? And he goes, I don't know. So my note says, he don't know. And that's where it ends. And that ep- Not that episode, but that, that scene. And I was like, okay. I'd... Again, I'm really sick of Morgan's not killing stance being a plot point. I just don't give a shit. It doesn't add anything. In fact, it subtracts things. It actually removes plot. Like, he doesn't kill. So you have to watch him not kill things. That's the absence of action in my mind. That's removing an action scene where it could be one. Anyway, there's a really quick shot of all the zombies outside of Alexandria, outside the fence, and you see that the church is like cracking in half. It's really fucking cool looking. Like the church is literally cracked in half, and it's going. You see that they're shoving themselves against the fence. And you remember what I said earlier about jobs? How they should just have jobs. It was I think it was two episodes ago, uh, episode six hundred five or something like that. Where the 
I know I'm gonna say the word jobs again, but there's jobs where it all you do is stand on the fence with a big fucking stick with a with a knife on the end of it and go and just jab them, real quick jabs to the zombie heads, and you do that. One person does it for an hour every day, and that's it. Everybody takes turns. You know, you just when when a knife breaks, maybe. Maybe tie the knife to a string, and if the knife breaks off, you have it to hide to a string, and you can pull it out of the zombie's head, like a rope or something. I'm just saying, you could have the rope tied around your wrist. I don't, I don't know, or t- just tied to the fence, the top of the fence with the outpost that you're standing on. You could think of a million ways that if the knife does break off the zombie's skull, you don't lose the knife. So you're not going through knives. You may have to get more sticks. But hey, look at all the fucking trees. You're in the goddamn woods because you're on the east coast. There's plenty of fucking trees and sticks and shit. Go ahead and stab those all day long and don't ever stop because why would you stop? Because those things out there are the things that are killing you. If there's less of them and it just takes an hour a day for each person, what's the fucking harm in that? But again, I realize they want to create you know, tension in the show. And they have to get to the point where the fence breaks, which you know is coming. And spoiler alert, it does happen in this episode. But in the meantime, I just don't know why they don't do that. You, w- you would do that in real life, obviously, right? Why not? The zombies serve no purpose outside. Later on in the comic, they serve as a purpose because they leave them out there to keep, like, as an extra layer for Negan's men to come through. Like, hey, now they have to go through the zombies and then the wall. That's kind of important, but not when you have thousands on the outside of your wall. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't serve you any any favors to do that, to let them live. Um, anyway, they... Um, Rick and Michonne talk about killing the zombies, like going out and killing them. And there's a cool moment. I didn't. It's kind of odd the way they explained it. Rick's like, "We can go out there and do that," and she's like, "He's." She's like, "Why don't we do that right now?" And he's like, "Well, you know, we just went through this and we haven't really had a chance to catch our breasts." And she's like, "Really?" She calls him out on his shit. She's like, "Really? We we're we're all fine. We're built up and we're catching our breasts right now. So why don't we go out there?" Do you still not trust these people or something like that? Like she, she, he still values their lives more than everybody's. That from Alexandria, his group is more important than everybody's. What I'm starting to say, and Michonne's like, that's bullshit. Like we're all together now. We're all one big group. And uh, then Deanna shows up and she lo- delivers her plans she made for the future when she, when she you know she basically crazily made them in the last episode or two, two episodes I don't know two or three episodes ago whatever. She's like got. Yeah, really weird and made those plans. I thought she's going to kill herself, but she didn't. I, I still think she might. I'm not really sure where they're going with that. In the comic, it's she's a man, but when the wall breaks, she goes and to save Rick. She's going to shoot herself, but instead she goes to save Rick and she shoots the gun in the air a bunch and she shoots Carl in the fucking eye or he in the comic shoots Carl in the eye and then that's how that goes. I don't know if they're going to do that here. Maybe. I do feel like they're getting rid of that character in the next episode. I don't think Deanna's going to make it through. Assuming the next episode is about the fence. It could be like Daryl and all them getting back and saving everybody. I don't know. They're maybe they're, I, think th- I think that's how all the group is going to get back together. Um, they're all going to appear when the fence breaks and then they're all going to beat them back. And then that is the same thing in the comic. Not that exact same thing happens, but they're all going to band together and they're going to go, oh, community. That's why I set up that thing that just happened with Rick going, like valuing their lives more than the original people who lived in Alexandria. I think that's why they're doing that. But like I said, I think all those characters that were outside the walls for all seven episodes, they're finally going to come back and they're all going to band together. Anyway, and Deanna will die, obviously. 
um, hey, guess what? Rosita's back. I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened with her character. They just haven't had her. I don't remember her being on this season, really. I don't. Maybe she was in the first episode or second episode when it got attacked. I don't remember, though. I don't remember having dialogue, at least. But she has, like, a scene. She's training people how to use a machete, which I didn't know took any training. She's like, well, when it goes in the skull, that's easy to be pulling it out as hard, so you slide with it. It's one fluid motion. And I was like, yeah, that's all you need to do for the training right there. That's it. Maybe have them cut something once and then go, okay, just do that. You know, repeat it. In, just, that's it. That's all you really got to do. You don't need a training seminar for this, what I'm saying. It's not a gun. <sighs> um, Eugene keeps freaking out because of the sound of the zombies. He's a real puss-puss. And she yells at him and he, he runs off like a puss-puss and then continues her class. The end. End of the episode. Thanks for listening. No, I'm kidding. Um, Enid is at a diner. And she left a check there signed JSS. And obviously she's the one writing JSS everywhere. Uh, We don't know why she wrote JSS everywhere yet. Um, I don't care. I don't really... If they're not going to tell me right away, then I lose interest. I don't care. Glenn finds her. They have... He takes her with him. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Tobin and Rick work on the wall. They've been supports behind it. Basically, he's nailing two, one, two of them together. It's, it's important, but not as important as clearing out the things that are pushing on the walls. Because think about this. What makes more sense? Continuously building up the wall and in the inside, where it just makes your village smaller every time you add something to a support for this wall. Continuously doing that because the pressure on the outside is so immense that you have to constantly do it. Or, or... Just go ahead and clear out those zombies every day, nonstop, and let the walls be. You can still build up the walls a little bit, you know, enough, but not so many that, like, I have to be able to stop a million zombies pushing on this wall now. Oh, now a million and a half. Oh, now two million. Like, if you clear them out throughout time, you don't have to keep building up your goddamn wall that much. Ugh, whatever. Fucking moving on. I should be Rick. Um, Enid gives Glenn shit about Maggie. He, he basically, early he goes, Maggie won't want, want me to leave you. And then she kind of, like, emas- you know, emasculates him. Like, it was, oh, is that what your wife would want? What your wife would want? Um, she finds balloons and she ties them on her backpack. And he's like, what the fuck? She's like, it you know, distracts him. And he's like, oh, there's a tank over here with more balloons and string and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> like, why is there the subplot about balloons? This is very odd. Ugh. Anyway, um, Enid and Glenn talk about being scared and losing their parents and shit. And, and I was like, oh, at this moment, she has replaced the character of Maggie's sister from a, last season. And I, I literally didn't care about that character so much that I don't remember her name. Is that, is that odd? Um, I don't remember her name at all. I don't care. She got killed by those police thing, the little police storyline. That was kind of cool. I liked the storyline. But I just didn't care about the character. They, uh, but she's replaced her. She's a whiny bitch, this girl. She's, she doesn't have any character development, and you don't really care about her. She just seems disinterested and far away. Um, there's a, there's, they already showed Rick training Ron and Carl on guns, more so Ron, because Carl knows how to use one now, and he's, Ron's really excited. And then you realize Ron throws food on the floor. At first I thought it was Ron, but now I'm realizing maybe it was Spencer. I thought it was Ron. Anyway, 
He throws food on the ground to distract Denise. While she's picking it up, he goes and grabs ammo. And I was like, oh, is he going to fucking shoot Carl over fucking Enid? This is so stupid. I hate this storyline still. Ugh. Whatever. If they do this, I'm going to be very mad. I, obviously, he's not going to kill Carl. Although they might in this fucking show, so they don't have to show Carl being 37 when his dad is 40. I don't, I don't know. It's very odd. Um, Enid and Glend... Glend? Glenda? Enid and Glenn find Alexandria. They finally walk up to it, and they see it, and they're like, oh, shit. Like, there's thousands of zombies around the place that shouldn't be there in the first place if they did their goddamn jobs, like I said. But they're like, oh, God. And Enid tries to leave, and he's like, no, we can't go anywhere. She's like, oh, it's for Maggie. He's like, no, this is for me. Like, this is for us. Um, Spencer is a dumb, dumb human being. He's a big dumb, dumb. Um, I want, I want some coffee here real quick. He, they do this in the comic where they all go out in a wire because Andrea is stuck in a bell tower across the courtyard and all these zombies are in between Alexandria and the bell tower or the bell tower, the, uh, cor- the, the church bell, basically it is a bell tower. Excuse me. I know I'm all over the place. I'm rambling. Anyway, they do that to go save her, but Alan- Andrea is way, way dead in this, in this show. Um, She's still alive in the comic, just to let you know. Still. And years later. Like, she's still a survivor. She's one of the few people from the first comic that's still alive. Anyway, wicked dead in the show. But anyway, so they have Spencer go out in the wire on this... Um, just a wire that goes across. And his... I don't know what... They don't say his plan until afterwards. They just show him out there. Tara panics. And she's she starts, like, freaking out. She's like, Spencer... And you see that she's totally not pregnant or anything, not at all. But she shoots the zombies away from Spencer, while Rick, Tobin, and Morgan pull him up with a wire uh, from the from a rope. And Rick yells at Tara for shooting because she went on a little ledge and risked risked her life, not two, because she's not pregnant and because she's only one person, you know. So he's like, "You risk one life, one unpregnant person's life, to save Spencer again. Like, why would you do that?" And she flips him off. And Spencer's like, I just want to go clear out the zombies. Like, drive a car out there and clear out the zombies. And Rick's like, I would have done that. Like, you should talk to me first. He's like, would you have let me? And he's like, no. I was like, okay, well, that was a fun scene. Think show. I just, it was cool. I didn't know Spencer was going to die. I didn't really care, though. Because Spencer, that's how Spencer dies in the comic, though, right? No, he gets saved by Andrea. They pull him up. And then Negan kills him later. That's right. That's right. Anyway. They pull him up. There's a... I just... Tara's pregnant. Can we... Can we just admit that? Can we... Her face looks totally different because she's pregnant. I just... It's very odd. And I feel like they're trying so hard to cover it up. And I know there's not much they can do about that fact because she... The actress literally is just pregnant. But it's so fucking funny watching them try to cover it up. Because when she flips them off, they have a giant board in front of her stomach. And she's just like, and you can't see her body. It's so funny. And the board's just there to cover up the belly. Uh, it's, it's funny. Anyway, Morgan asks for Denise's help treating a wound. and But not his wound. Dun, dun, dun. And we know who it is because we saw it. And he goes, it's a bite. I don't know if it's a bite, but it's, I don't know if it's infected. And she, he helps her practice, I guess. And Carol sees him walking on, walking away, and she gives Judith to Jesse to follow, so she can follow Morgan and Denise. And then Carol has a weird down the stairs. I hate conversations with people from the other room where you can't hear them, and then everything they 
you say, you hear, what? From the other room. And you're like, just come in here if you want to talk to me. And they're like, what? Enrages me to no end. That, that thing in real life enrages me. So she has this conversation with Jesse's kid, Sam, who's upstairs, like, living a very Howard Hughesian lifestyle. He, I don't know if he's got, like, jars of urine and doesn't cut his nails and hair. I just, he just doesn't come down. He's a recluse now. He's an upstairs dweller, like I said, when that happened, when they introduced this stupid fucking D story, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, he's full-blown Howard Hughes now. And she talks to him. He's like, well, you killed a survive now, blah, blah. And then she leaves. And I'm like, they didn't resolve that at all. Um, Jesse takes Judith, don't care. Um, Carol meets Morgan, and that's where they leave it. She's like, who do you have in there? Who do you have in that prison cell? And blah, blah, blah. Doesn't, they don't reveal who it is. We know who it is because they had a whole fucking episode where he told him a backstory. And who cares about Morgan or anything like that? <sighs> I'm out of breath just describing my hatred for Morgan. Uh, Deanna thanks Tara and Rick for saving Spencer. And I was like, I remember I keep calling her a welted, or welt, a melting, melting wax figure. And I realize now she looks more like the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt before he died. She's going to look just like him in a week, in two weeks, maybe. I don't know when they're going to end this. I assume they're going to end next episode with her death or the beginning of that's going to be her death, something like that. Anyway, she's going to die. And then after she rots, she will look exactly like the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. Exactly. No different. The, uh, yeah, that's all, all I had to say about that. <laughs> Maggie and everyone else, they all see the balloons flying up in the sky. The green balloons from earlier that Glenn had with Enid. She goes, those are Glenn. And Rick's like, yep. Doesn't seem to care or be interested at all in this sub, in this in this little development deal that's happening. He doesn't care. He, I don't think he's like rooting against them. And he's just like, yep. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, that's it, Rick. That's all you have. <laughs> Can't muster up any excitement because again, it is just balloons, not a flare. So maybe he's being uh, protective of her. Like he doesn't want to be like, that's him. He's alive. You should go get him. Like he doesn't want to do that. So I guess whatever. And I'm like, those balloons are CGI. Why? Why are they CGI? You can just throw balloons in the air. They, you can just do that. Nobody will. Who cares? Kids, kid, we didn't science classes. Kids, nobody gives a shit. No, nobody cares about a balloon. It falls right back down to the earth. You put notes inside. Ugh, whatever. The uh, but as this is happening, they're all like, "Oh my God, there it is!" You see that the church is cracking and falls through the fence, and that's where it ends. The church breaks the fence, and you're like, "Holy shit!" That's where they chose to end that one. And now you know where the, now you know how it's gonna be set up. Like I said, everyone else is gonna show up and help them all defeat all the zombies. That's where the next episode's gonna go. Or next episode, next Yeah, episode. What? I'm used to doing the comic now. Sorry. I did twenty some twenty four episodes of this show on the comic. So when I say episodes, it's just confusing. Anyway, the that's where the, they're all gonna show up to fend off the zombies. Deanna's gonna die. Uh, probably someone else is gonna die. Maybe Negan shows up at the end of that. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know where Negan would fit in now that the fence has fallen. My theory is gone. Unless they get the fence up and then they're like, "Oh, we won!" And then Negan shows up, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Now they're fucked. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's here. Oh, God damn it! He's so attractive though, and so manly. I would fuck Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Don't judge me on that one. I don't care. I would. All right, guys, that's a great episode. 
I gotta say, I liked it a lot. I, I thought, uh, very, very odd episode. I'm glad Glenn's alive. It was nice to see that payoff. I liked the, the gap in between when they, you know, quote unquote, killed him, and then when they brought him back, that was nice. Kept kind of make you. They wanted to make you forget about it, basically. They had so much shit in between there. The Morgan episode was not necessary. I could have went without that. Anyway, this is a great episode. I like this one. A lot of developments. The You see that people are plotting against each other. I don't know what Spencer was doing. Ron appears to be going against, like, getting weapons to kill fucking uh, Carl, which I don't care if he does. Maybe he's the one that shoots out Carl's eye later in the next episode. I don't know if they're going to do the Carl's blown off his eye thing. Maybe that's how they'll get away with covering his age. Is covering up half his face because his eye is blown out. I don't know. Maybe. They'd be cool. It'd be cool if they didn't. I don't care if they stick to the comic at all. I just... that They could do that. It's a way to get around it. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, that's the end of this. I like this episode. Good one. I'm looking forward to the next one. I am Phoenix West. Check out loiteringinwonderland.com. Loiteringinwonderland.com. Check out all the other podcasts we got there, guys. Go out and buy a book. $5 digital book. I have four books on my website. Go check them out. They're, f- they're for your Kindle, they're PDFs, so whatever the fuck you want to do with them, I don't care. Uh, yeah, the uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Go share with a friend, you know, help us grow. If you want to advertise, you want any questions or anything like that, anything at all, send to loiteringinwonderland at gmail.com. And we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LIW Podcast, or Loitering on the Land. One of those two. Search them. Search that shit. It's all on the website. It's all on there. Go go look. I spent way too much time building that thing for you to not go there. Send questions. I appreciate them. But in the meantime, I am Phoenix West. So long, citizens. Goodbye. <laughs>